0: My name is Nicholas Danforth, and I'm an editor at War on the Rocks. You are listening to The Warcast, the members-only podcast for what you need to know now. On Friday, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida announced changes to the country's national security strategy that allow the development of counter-strike missile capabilities. This follows on last month's announcement that the country would seek to raise its defense spending to 2% of its GDP. To tell us what this means, we're joined by Mirna Gaelic. Mirna is a Senior Policy Analyst for China and East Asia at the United States Institute of Peace and a non-resident fellow at the Japan Institute of International Affairs. Welcome to the Warcast. Thank you. So tell us what prompted these changes.
1: Uh, A number of things, particularly the kind of growing vulnerability that Japan feels from its immediate neighbors, uh, namely China and North Korea, as well as the increased um, concern after Russia's invasion of Ukraine that countries are maybe throwing to the winds the idea of not using force to change the status quo, something that Japan is very adamant about uh, maintaining.
0: And what is the practical impact likely to be uh, of both the increase in defense spending and Japan's new missile capabilities in the short term?
1: So the increase in defense spending will allow Japan to do a number of additional things in terms of building up its self-defense forces capabilities, including on the cyber front um, in terms of standoff missiles and in terms of its ability to continue to work with the U.S. Um, uh, on U.S.-Japan alliance type strategy and, and defense issues. Um, Counterstrike is really interesting and it's definitely the thing that's gotten the most attention from all of this. Um, I guess the basic thing that this would allow Japan to do was to in what they call only a you know last ditch effort to use force within another country's territory to destroy missile-related sites to prevent that country from firing missiles or further missiles at Japan. Um, and this has been, you know, clearly stated by Japan as something that they do not see as preemptive strike capability, which they still adamantly disavow as being illegal under international law, but it's something that allows them to be able to defend themselves if they think that a missile attack um, has been initiated. And there's a complicated sort of set of um, determinations that Japan uses to to decide whether an attack has actually been initiated.
0: And what specific capabilities are they likely to develop?
1: There's talk of them buying basically missiles from the United States to begin with. tomahawks have been thrown out as the option that would be able to reach into another country's territory and target specific sites, um, but then beyond that to develop their own domestic missiles that could do the same thing. I think the most interesting thing about the counter issue is how it's been received. Um, and there's been a lot of what I would call misinterpretations in the media about what this constitutes. You've heard, you hear it and see it described a lot as Japan gaining a preemptive strike capacity. And technically, Sure, that's true because anytime you have weapons that can reach into another country, you you technically have a preemptive strike capacity. But there's a big difference between preemptive strike and defensive countermeasures uh, that Japan is is trying to draw here. And what they're saying basically is we continue to oppose preemptive strike. We think that preemptive strike is illegal, and that's not something we we believe that we can do as a country or that anyone should be doing. Um, and to double down on that, historically we've said not only do we oppose preemptive strikes, but just to show how much we oppose it, we're not even going to have weapons that are capable of delivering preemptive strikes. So now what they're saying is we still oppose preemptive strike, but given everything that's happened in our neighborhood, the amount of missiles that North Korea is sending and the the increasing Mm -hmm. missile technology of North Korea, and as well as China's development of missiles and increase in number of missiles. we're looking now at not being able to defend ourselves merely with um, missile defenses, which strike missiles out of the sky. We are now saying, you know, we we need to be able to also, in addition to that, hit missile sites as a defensive measure, because otherwise we may not be able to neutralize a threat to our country. So they're saying, you know, we are changing the means in which we are continuing to pursue our exclusively defense-oriented policy by also having some weapons that can be used offensively, but that we're not going to use offensively. And interestingly, you know, they've said that they have the sort of legal authority to do this since 1956, but they've just chosen not to use it. And now they're saying the environment has changed so much that we are going to actually also use it.
0: Uh, You also mentioned in a piece that you wrote about this for the USIP that there was a change in language related to Taiwan as part of this broader change to the national security strategy
1: you know the original national security strategy just mentioned Taiwan in the context of cross strait relations between Japan and China and Taiwan and it was basically pretty much limited to that um the new version of the national security strategy talks about Japan's relationship with Taiwan being a very close one and one that's based on common values and economic relations but it also does continue to mention that Japan's basic policy on Taiwan has not changed and that goes back to a 1972 agreement with China that kind of normalized relations between Japan and China and that required Japan to basically cut relations with Taiwan and to recognize that China is the only legitimate government of, or Beijing is the only legitimate, I guess, ruler of China. Um, so they haven't changed that policy and they haven't changed the policy that they hold that you know, cross-strait tensions should not be resolved with force in any way but they are seen as being more supportive of taiwan by putting taiwan more prominently in their national security strategy
0: now you've written about this for us before as well all these changes taken together are they likely to suggest anything about how japan would respond to a taiwan scenario
1: so japan has not clarified in its national security strategy or in any other forum how it would respond to a taiwan scenario and By all accounts, they're still working on that internally. Um, I visited Tokyo last month and spoke to uh, Japanese officials on this topic, and there's still a lot of homework that they're doing um, to figure out exactly what they might do in a Taiwan contingency and how they might cooperate with the U.S. But when you look at the Japanese strategy, this, this isn't really about Taiwan. This is about China's development of various of missiles and improvement in missile technology um, that may or may not be used against Japan, not necessarily just in the Taiwan scenario, but under any circumstances. So I think the, the recent discussions in the international community about Taiwan and also China's kind of um, reinforcement of the fact that it would not stop at any means to make sure that, you know, Taiwan is reunified with itself, including the use of force have kind of put, increased, of course, the anxiety that Japan feels about a Taiwan contingency, and I'm sure that that has, you know, contributed to its sense of vulnerability. But but I wouldn't say that this missile counterstrike capability is really about a Taiwan scenario per se.
0: That brings up the next question, what has the reaction from China to these changes been?
1: So China's been um, very uh, opposed to the language that Japan has used in the National Security strategy that basically characterizes China not in these words, but as a threat, um, essentially. I think that there's some pretty interesting language on China. And I think uh, basically, I'm just looking for the actual wording, but it's basically saying that China's actions and posture have are seen as an unprecedented and the greatest strategic challenge in ensuring the peace and security of Japan and the peace and stability of the international community. And that that's something that Japan should respond with its comprehensive national power and in cooperation with allies and partners, too. That's very, very forward, especially when you compare it to the previous national security strategies language on China, which was very much more careful um, and kind of focused on sort of broader international community concerns about China and not, not the actual details thereof. So China's been pretty upset about that, and it has Definitely reacted um, by saying that Japan is hyping up the "quote, quote unquote" China threat, um, and it's also, you know, opposed to Japan's remilitarization and, and believes that this, you know, constitutes that. So, so China has been pretty unhappy about this, and North Korea as well. And I think both of those countries uh, made some military moves over the weekend that have been interpreted as uh, responses to Japan's strategy
0: what about the reaction domestically in Japan?
1: So I think the most controversial element of this whole thing has been how to pay for it, um, not the actual changes themselves. Um, There's an ongoing debate about whether taxes should be raised, what kind of taxes, or how sort of the defense increases, which are fairly significant, not fairly significant, quite significant, um, should be paid for. But there's actually majority support for counter-strike capability in Japan, um, given a number of things, including that from Japanese perspectives or from the government perspective, in any case, this is definitely a defensive capacity and does not change Japan's defense or exclusively defense oriented policy. So, you know, it's just another means by which to make sure that they can defend Japan. And that is certainly, you know, popular within the public given concerns about what's going on in the neighborhood and uh, more globally. But that's been pretty good. And, And in general, the public is in favor of increasing defense spending to defend Japan, but the the actual issue is with how to do that more more so than the capabilities and the measures that have been announced.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the Warcast.